life well lived. Visit Relax the Back Austin area stores today. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 104.9 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin talks sports. You think we've gotten too radical with our message? Well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know... Oh, man, a busy, busy Tuesday morning, but, uh, man, nasty outside. Fog has rolled in. It was drizzly when I was driving in this morning, Buck, but uh, no fog. Now the fog is here. Man, it has come across here in a hurry. Yeah, you can't see much out there. Be careful, please. Visibility low. Don Miller will be along with traffic. You know that's going to mean some... Uh, some snarls on the highways and byways of uh, Centex and throughout the listening area. Be careful as the warm air makes its way in to uh, move out this cold air. You're going to get some fog, and that's what we're getting right now. Uh, text on the thoughts on the text line. Always get it. Always appreciate those coming off hot or not. Said uh, leftover turkey on sandwiches is good. That's true. Cold turkey Pretty after good. Thanksgiving. Ain't bad. It says cold chicken. That's okay. Yeah, I, I I do like chicken cold. I'm good with it. Especially like fried chicken. Mm-hmm. That's pretty darn good. Um, this says, LOL, sports bar in a brothel. Not a bad idea. Uh, our man, our man, Craig Flowers says, tried to get through Jimbo Fisher's press conference. I failed miserably. Just awful. <laughs> That's true. He is, he is a weird guy, man. Uh, I'm sure Aggie fans are excited about his spring practice, but that guy, I don't know, man. He's, he's kind of cagey. He doesn't really answer questions. He just, and we'll hear him coming up talking about when he was asked about play calling. He gets around those questions now. It says, uh, speaking of cold, it's, it's cold in Regina. <laughs> That's what it's all about, eh? Uh, yeah, up there in Canada, Saskatchewan. They had to, there you go. They had to take down their slogan. That's not good. But we do have a lot of stuff to get into coming up. Also, at the bottom of the hour, our good friend Mike Craven from Dave Campbell's Texas Football is going to jump on. Uh, he was at the Texas A&M practice yesterday. He'll be at the Texas practice today, covering all of the schools here in the great state. And then we're going to be recording our uh, third edition of the Eyes on Texas podcast tonight. So excited about that. We'll talk to Mike and preview and what he saw down there in Aggie Land today and what he expects from the Longhorns as they hit the field for practice number four at DKR today. So it's a busy one, to say the least, Buck, with a lot going on. Uh, can we get to your headlines, your trending topics to start your Tuesday morning? Top Gun Equipment Rentals bringing you the news. And, yeah, not a good night at the Moody Center in college basketball for the Texas women. They were hoping to join the Texas men into the round of uh, 16, into the Sweet 16, but their season came to an end last night with a resounding loss, 73-51. They lost to uh, the fifth seed, Louisville. Uh, picked a bad night to play their worst game in a long time and give Louisville a lot of credit. They controlled this game. It was even after the first quarter, 16-all, but then Louisville could grade separation with some great defense and uh, turned those into points. They outscored Texas 21-7 to in the second quarter and remained in control on both ends the rest of the night. They will travel to Seattle now to face eighth seed Ole Miss in the Sweet 16. Longhorns season comes to an end for a very disappointed head coach, Vic Schaefer. I need to apologize to the University of Texas for... Um, today and and how my team played and I'm accountable for that and uh, I'm the head coach and uh, you know it's it's uh, my responsibility to make sure that we play a lot better than that 
Uh, you'll hear more on that game coming up with Craig Way and the Craig Way Report. On the men's side, uh, game week prep obviously has begun for the second-seeded Longhorns, who will head to Kansas City to face third-seeded Xavier in the Sweet 16. Horns and Musketeers will be the final game of the eight games played Thursday and Friday. That'll be 8.45 Friday night in a uh, second in a third-round matchup. Longhorns have been installed as a four-point favorite in that game by the odds makers. Other news from college basketball, Rick Pitino has been named the new head coach at St. John's. Also, Georgetown has hired longtime Providence men's basketball coach Ed Cool to take over there. Streaking Longhorn baseball team back in action tonight. UFCU Dishfalk Field. They'll host Incarnate Word. Texas has won 10 straight. Headed into that midweek matchup. It's their final tune-up game ahead of Big 12 Conference play, which opens this weekend with Texas Tech in town. It's a 6.30. First pitch tonight, 6.15 on the pregame. As we mentioned, Longhorn's football team back on the practice field today, and the program's announced that after the, the first week they practiced at Denny's Fields. They're headed into the stadium today for practice number four at DKR. NFL Houston, Texas continuing their busy stretch of moves. Word that the club has agreed to one-year contracts with former Cowboys tight end Dalton Schultz, former Buffalo Bills running back Devin Singletary, and a thrilling finish at the World Baseball Classic last night. Semifinal round, Japan and Mexico. Mexico has the lead 5-4 to four in the ninth inning. Two aboard for Team Japan. At all. He can get a huge lead. Cracked in the air, deep center field, Thomas on the move, it's off the wall, Otani's in to score, here comes the winning run, Japan turns it around on its last breath. Joe Davis from Fox with a great call there, and yes, Japan walks it off against Mexico, they will play the USA tonight for the World Baseball Classic Championship. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Tree limbs are on the ground and steel chainsaws are on our shelves. So come get them and any other equipment to help with storm cleanup at Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Thank you, uh, Brandon. You certainly will shoot you straight there. And, yeah, that'll be a great game tonight. The The energy and uh, just atmosphere around these World Baseball Classic games have just been phenomenal. Um, I mean, the, the game, I mean, if you go back and watch Saturday night, I mean, you know, for Astro fans, it was a bummer to see Jose Altuve take that ball off his thumb. He's going to yep. have surgery now. But, man, the intensity between Venezuela and the USA, I mean, it was it was high level. And, um, I mean, they were brush back pitches. It was all in, man. And uh, they weren't – this is not an exhibition, if you think it is. And uh, when, you, when Trey Turner uh, hit that grand slam in the eighth inning to turn that game around, it looked like Venezuela was going to win that ball game. And uh, Turner, Jacks won – See you later. They go on to win it and then beat Cuba. Now Japan with a walk-off win over Mexico in front of 40,000 fans. This will be fun tonight. And uh, uh, best two teams in the world, right? Best two countries oh, yeah. in the world, at least in this this year, will be USA and Japan. And the question everybody wants to know is, will Shohei Otani pitch in this game? Uh, he has said he's available. If he needed need an inning or two out of, out of big Shohei, how about that scene? If they were had to have a lead or whatever late in the game, you could see against you know, Mike Trout, against Mike Trout, his teammate, and obviously the best players on Team USA. Uh, this will be a lot of fun tonight if you uh, love good baseball. Also over at the Dish, it's the Longhorns and Incarnate Word ahead of what I think. Thinking of intense, I think this series this weekend with Texas Tech will be pretty darn intense. Anytime the Red Raiders and Longhorns get together, um, there's no love lost, and uh, it's conference play. Everything the Longhorns have done in this winning streak, which has been great, right? I mean, it's. They're ten and zero out of the out of the. They'll play their eleventh game tonight. They've outscored their opponents ninety two to thirty. So really separating, but we know that's against the Mercers and the, you know, the Manhattans and sure. North Dakota States and New Orleans. Obviously, Texas Tech and Tim Tadlock will be a different animal this weekend. So looking forward to that already. So good baseball on the brain. Also football. You like the Dalton Schultz signing by the Houston. Texans. I do. I really do. I think that's that's a good maneuver for them to take a veteran tight end like that, a guy that you can count on. 
He's going to be in the right spots. He's going to catch the football for them, and it's going to make whoever's that whoever their quarterback. I believe it's going to be a rookie. So he's. I think he's just perfect for a rookie quarterback to get those completions. You know what I'm saying? He's not streaking down the field, but he'll get into the openings, and you got a guy that you can depend on. Well, and it's interesting. There's several layers to this. Obviously, Dalton Schultz. He's not going to make the money he thought he was. He yeah. did, and it didn't happen. Well, Dalton Schultz still if you got remember, a chance. Remember last offseason, the Cowboys offered Dalton Schultz reportedly three years and thirty million. Like they were ready to make give him a three year deal. Now they they franchise tagged him, so he made you know eleven or sure. twelve million dollars last year as the Cowboys franchise player. So it wasn't like he was hurting for money. But he thought hitting the market this year, he would see greener pastures, as they say. And obviously, what do you think he was going to go out and get paid like Kelsey and the rest of those guys. Well, I mean, he was the number one tight end on the market. When Evan Ingram got franchise tagged by the Jaguars, he was seen as the number one guy. It's just shown to not be a very robust market for tight ends or running backs. I mean, we're, I mean the running back market is obviously way down. Uh, and I think a big part of that, obviously, is the position. But at the same time, you know, teams are teams know what the draft holds, and this is a very deep draft for tight ends. It yeah, really for the is. next two drafts, the tight end. Yeah, draft next two drafts, and certainly this one, you've got four 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 tight ends with you know top fifty grades in this draft. So, if you want a tight end and you're desperate for that position, you can get one with one of your first two picks, likely in the draft. And there there are good tight ends all the way down. Heck, the Michigan tight end who mm-hmm. played so well for Jim Harbaugh, he's going to be a guy you could get in the third, fourth, fifth round kind of player. Uh, there are good tight ends, and remember Dalton Schultz with a fourth round pick himself. So. Uh, but for Houston to get him on a one-year deal uh, to come in and kind of be a you know, go-to guy oh, along yeah. with uh, with a young quarterback, and then you know we know that the the strength of the Houston team right now, if they have, if they have a strength, it's the offensive line. Yes, uh, because Laramie Tunsil, they re-upped him. They got Ty, uh, Titus Howard at right tackle, who's a really good player. They just traded tr- traded for Shaq Mason, who was playing on that Tampa Bay team that won the Super Bowl. He's still a good player. So their offensive line. So they're going to try to build around Damian Pierce in the running game. Well. And Damian Pierce, of course, their rookie running back from a year ago who's so good, he'll be the featured back. But now you have Devin Singletary coming in to be kind of the change of pace guy, third down back, bit out of the backfield. That's a nice piece. He replaces Rex Burkhead, and that's a pretty significant upgrade from Rex Burkhead to Devin Singletary at that spot. So you can see where Houston's doing. They're going to try to be you know, bring a young quarterback along. And um, I would imagine they'll draft. I mean, I, I, I keep saying I think with the 12th pick, because they have two and 12, I think they're going quarterback at two whether it's Stroud or, or Bryce Young. And then I wouldn't be surprised if they take run at wide receiver at, at 12. Thinking, yeah. uh, someone like a Jackson Smith and Jigba, if he's there, uh, would be a – I mean, Smith and Jigba gets comparisons to Justin Jefferson. That's the comp. Well, you know, who wouldn't want Justin Jefferson big picture in Minnesota? Might be the best receiver in the league. So uh, put those two together with a strong run game, strong offensive line, a guy like Dalton Schultz. And Schultz, has, Woods. Uh, if he has a good year, he can still get out there and make some more money. Yeah, he'll go. He'll hit them. Well, that you're going to have a motivated player in both cases because Devin Singletary's 25, Dalton Schultz is 26. Both realize mm-hmm. they'll get another bite at the apple next year. Maybe the market will be different, and um, you know they'll have the opportunity. But, you know, Cowboys have obviously moved on from Dalton Schultz. Um, you know, that, that's pretty clear. All right, so there's some NFL. Got a little baseball in there, but let's talk some college football. We're going to talk to Mike Craven at the bottom of the hour. He was at the Texas A&M practice yesterday. Let's hear this again from Jimbo Fisher. This was obviously the question on everybody's mind. Bobby Petrino is now there to rev up the offense for the Aggies. It was so bad last year. Here is a question from a media member about who's calling plays. You should think this would be a pretty easy answer, but apparently for Jimbo, uh, not as much as you think. Sorry, the computer's lagging once again. Lagging computer. One, two seconds. It's the play calls. Right, it would be him or you. Yeah, I mean, 
we'll go through that as we go. Go back to the back. Plan on him making calls. Plan on him calling plays. I have no problem with that at all. Right side. <laughs> How about Jimbo? So do that one more time because our computer was lagging there. Can we do it one more time? The guy asked I mean, him who's going to be calling plays. Oh, geez. Maybe we just get a little, uh, little juice to our computer, Buck. Our, our we'll com- go through that as we go. All right, so there you go. What about who, ma- who makes the play calls? Would that be him or you? Yeah, I mean, we'll go through that as we go. Go back to the back. Plan on right. him making calls. Plan on him calling plays. I have no problem with that at all. We'll go through that as we go. As right the, side. And if you watch the video, the body language tells you everything you need to know. Arms crossed. His arms are crossed. He's Shaking very his defiant. Head. It looks. I mean, it, you're a big body language guy. Come on, guy. man. Come on, Jimbo. Just tell him. Didn't you You and Bobby have a nice bottle of wine and talked about exactly what he was going to do? You don't know what he's going to do when he gets there? Was he just going to coach the quarterbacks? Isn't he going to be the play caller? That's what everybody wanted, wanted to happen. And you can, like I said, hang out at the bus, make sure the guys aren't smoking weed. <laughs> but that's not him. And we'll ask, we'll ask uh, Mike Craven about that at the bottom of the hour. He was at that press conference yesterday. He was Good in the grief. room. So uh, we will get his thoughts. Okay, how about uh, Nick Saban? So this is interesting because Nick Saban is in Alabama also going through practice, so they have press conferences too. And Nick Saban was talking about having to suspend a player. Uh, he was having to discipline a football player. But um, a lot of people heard this and thought maybe he was referring to Nate Oates and the basketball program and the Brandon Miller situation, which has been an ongoing controversy, um, the National Player of the Year candidate and his involvement or whatever in the, in the shooting of a young lady on the, uh, just off the Alabama campus back in January. Here is some sound from, from Nick Saban. I think there's a Nate Oates cut ahead of that, and then it cuts right into Nick Saban. Everybody's got an opportunity to make choices and decisions. There's no such thing in being at the wrong place at the wrong time. You got to be responsible for who you're with, who you're around, and what you do, who you associate yourself with, and uh, the situations that you put yourself in. So um, it is what it is. But uh, there is, you know, cause and effect when you make, you know, choices and decisions that uh, put you in bad situations. Ooh, there you go. Cause and effect when you put yourself in a bad Generally, spot. nobody gets in trouble until they leave Alabama. <laughs> so some trying to draw that he's uh, taking a shot at uh, the basketball side of things with the Brandon Miller deal, you can judge for yourself there. But uh, he was talking about a player of his own that he said. Be, but he's no... had guys that have gone off to the NFL and have had some problems once they got to the NFL. Oh, sure. Uh, Henry Ruggs jumps to mind and, and others. But... And it's always been, you know, he wasn't like that when he was here. Yeah. Well, I, we had the, leadership here. The key there was that wrong place, wrong time is not an excuse. Wrong place, wrong time right. is not an excuse. You decide who you around, surround yourself with. That's right. You decide where you're going to be and when you're going to be. Uh, obviously, that's going to be a polarizing conversation, even on the, the Tuscaloosa campus, because a lot of people, you know, they, Alabama fans, a lot of people who cover that believe Brandon Miller was, was a good guy that night, that he was the designated driver. He had gone to eat. He was coming to pick up his buddies who had been drinking. Obviously, the gun was in the car, and we know what happened. But you know, in the you know, everybody can draw their own conclusions on that conversation. How about Deion Sanders? We got spring practice up and running at Colorado, and which pro, what program will be watched more and paid attention to more than Colorado this this uh, spring and into the off season because of all the transfers uh, that have come in through the portal. Uh, Deion Sanders, his own son, playing quarterback there. But here was Deion Sanders. And he was asked a question at press at his press conference yesterday. And by the way, by the way, Deion Sanders wearing his cowboy hat. 
this he's wearing a black cowboy hat. And I saw some footage of him out on the practice field wearing a black cowboy hat. I mean, he's gone full, full, full cowboy, uh, looking good. Deion Sanders, can we hear some of this, T.Y., with uh, his press conference in Boulder yesterday? Over here. Nick Rothschild, number seven. Uh, the decision to have the kids earn their jersey numbers, yeah. is there a story behind that? And what no. are you hoping that creates? I'm old school. Um, anybody here over, over 45? Didn't we have to earn every darn thing we got? Ain't nobody gave us nothing. So this whole new thing, first of all, we got this new thing now in college football about double numbers. We, did, we, had, we didn't have – if somebody gave you a double number in college, that assured that you weren't going to play. <laughs> that, that's, that's how it was, wasn't it? Now it's, it's like normal. And you got to earn stuff. Ain't nobody giving you nothing. We got kids, they play the snap, you know, and you want to be one? One? You know what number one meant back in the day for us? That you were that one. Now, you got number one getting a frame toe out of him out there on the field. Like, come on, you got to be crazy. Now it's a fight in the stands because the mama's wearing number one and her son, her baby's getting murdered out there, you know. Like, come on. Like, it, it's just a new day. Single digits was something you, you had to be him. You had to be him. Now you got Lyman one zeros and threes. Okay, if I give a Lyman that number, the DB or the receiver or the running back can't take that big number, so now I got a deficit of numbers. So all this stuff is strategic, but I'm old school, man. I come from the the, the place you got to earn it. Okay, my school closed. You got to earn it. Got to earn that earn single your number. digit. Yeah, got to earn your numbers. So there's Dion. It'll be interesting to watch uh, that develop at uh, Colorado, uh, a program no one was paying attention to will now be much paid attention to. Remember their first game of the year is against TCU. The uh, you just played for a national championship, but Sonny Dykes has a pretty good rebuilding job to do. Their first game is in Fort Worth. Got to earn that number. Better make sure you got two parents at the house, too. What number? You were number 11. 11, yes. You were 11 as a wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, Ricky came the, the here double and, ones. and took a and gave up a number to a kid. He said, I'll just wear your number. His high school number. He never thought I'll that was. i make it famous, he said. He said, You couldn't. I will. <laughs> said, Okay, that's fine. What number do you want to be? He wanted 34. He, Somebody else had the number, and it was a. Oh, a, yeah, because he, well, he was a different number his freshman year, right? Yeah, he was a he was he had there was a young man who had that number thirty four. Ricky said, "I'm not taking that guy's number." I said, "You can. I'll go take it. I'll go take it now if you want me to." He goes, "No, I don't want to take the number. I'll just wear your number. That's fine." It wasn't a big deal to him. It was just a number. He'll make it famous regardless. Yeah, and he did. Yeah, it doesn't matter to him. Well, then uh, when did yeah, then Major came in and you know he and Major are good buddies. Major Applewhite, we know that story. Um, you know, there's a lady in the mix, but now Major's wife. But either way, then the he DJ became 11, then Derek Johnson wore 11. Oh. oh, yeah, 11 became quite famous at the University of Texas. It's after. been a famous number at Penn State, too. Ooh. Um, what was that? Was Micah Parsons. Parsons 11? Yeah, and before that, it was another line. LeVar Arrington? LeVar Arrington, yeah. There's been some good 11s at Penn State. and uh, All right, so we got uh, some football on the brain, and we'll talk to Mike Craven about it coming up. Dave Campbell's Texas football. He'll be at the Longhorn practice today. And, um, you know, we'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian. You know, people will say, well, why are you playing Nick Saban audio? Deion said, we're talking college football, y'all. Uh, and we don't have any Steve Sarkeesian audio. We'll have that tomorrow because he'll speak today, and we'll hear the update on spring practice. So, yeah, Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban doing their thing mm-hmm. and getting ready for practice. It's college football in March, and we've got you covered on that here on B&E. We've also got the uh, NFL signings and the stories of the day. We mentioned that Cam Newton, Cam Newton's going to be working out at the Auburn Pro Day. 
um, with the high, with the college players available for the draft because Cam Newton wants to put himself back on NFL radars. Apparently, uh, he's going to show up and take the spotlight away from the players at Auburn a little bit. He wants to uh, be considered to get back and play quarterback in the National Football League. That'll be interesting. That will be interesting. I mean, he just wants. I mean, he's not going to run. He's just going to throw. He's not doing anything else. You know, you know, he's not getting under two twenty-five and lifting weights for those guys. He's just going to throw the ball. Uh, I think he's just going to wear a funny he, hat. He wants to show he can throw. Remember, he right. had arm issues, and you know, maybe it's back to being healthier than it was because he he really couldn't throw. No. in his last couple stops there in New England and Carolina, uh, before he was let go. Remember, Carolina brought him back with Matt Rule, and it really was just about trying to sell some tickets, give the fans something to be excited about that Cam Newton was coming back, and, um, and Matt Rule just suspended his running back. They're leading Russia at Nebraska. Yeah. Told him to go to class. We're playing school up here in Nebraska. Yeah, setting a new culture. You get one yeah. chance to do that, and uh, he's the new boss there in Cornhusker land. All right, we'll uh, pick this up on the other side. We'll talk to Mike Craven, Dave Campbell's Texas football. He was at that practice in College Station yesterday, also talking Texas and the Sweet 16, the Texas women. Uh, really a bad performance last night, but you got to give Louisville a lot of credit. They really took it to the Longhorns. We'll hear more coming from Craig Way on that, including a player for Texas, uh, you know, openly saying we did not come to play tonight we'll hear that coming up in the craig way report plus salacious gossip and your blitz before the top of the hour on this foggy but busy tuesday morning it's bucky and Aaron. busy tuesday on b and a we've got a lot of texas hoops Get back into this uh, Longhorn basketball conversation, including Dylan DeSue. You realize in his first 27 games this year, Dylan DeSue was averaging seven points and three and a half rebounds a game. Seven points. And then in his last eight games, Dylan DeSue has, uh, in my mind, obviously flipped his game, but also taken the Longhorns to a higher level as far as uh, their their, their, their championship aspirations. In the uh, the last eight games, he's averaging 16.5 points, 7.4 rebounds. We'll talk Texas basketball on their draw, headed to play Xavier. they got a big man, too, that's pretty good. Oh, they do, yes. Which we will discuss coming up. Also, before the top of the hour, here the Craig Way Report, Salacious Gossip, and your Blitz. But right now, let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. He is a, a good friend of our show, and he is a tremendous writer at Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and previously at the Austin Statesman. He's also my co-host on the Eyes on Texas podcast, part of that Dave Campbell's Texas uh, podcast network, the Republic of Texas network they've got going he was at the Texas A&M practice yesterday. I assume he'll be at the Longhorn practice today. He is Mike Craven. Hello, Mike. How's it going, guys? Doing well, Michael. Yourself? We're doing good. It's that time of year where uh, football is a little bit back. We start building the magazine. So it's gotten pretty busy on my side. I know. Uh, and you can find Mike on Twitter if you do do the Twitter thing, at Craven Mike. And just uh, skimming through your Twitter, you guys, uh, Dave Campbell's has ranked the top 10 offensive linemen for the uh, state of Texas in 2023 with – uh, the Longhorn left tackle, Kelvin Banks, at number one. Also, the right tackle, Christian Jones, at number seven on your list. Uh, you got an Aggie there at three. That's, that's kind of the cool stuff. You guys are covering every Division One program in the state of Texas at a very, very high level, uh, like Dave Campbell's has always done for the high school ranks. Yeah, I mean, we're trying to be out there and become more of a digital footprint company. You know, for so long, we were known as a magazine company, and that's still, you know, a big part of what we do. But at TexasFootball.com, we – we do a bunch of college stuff on a daily basis. We're expanding. When I got there 18 months ago, it was just kind of a one-man crew doing college football stuff. We're now up to, to four full-time employees covering all 47 teams across the state, including 13 FBS teams. So 
you know, we take football very seriously in the state. We try to cover it, you know, from UTEP to A&M to, to Mary Hard Baylor. Uh, yeah, that's the good stuff at Dave Campbell's Texas Football, texasfootball.com. And you were at Jimbo Fisher's, you know, the Aggies' first practice yesterday and then the kind of odd uh, press conference and, uh, you know, the mixed messages on the play calling. What, what, were, your, what were your takeaways from uh, Aggie practice number one? Yeah, it was <clears throat> that was the weirdest spring practice introductory press conference I've ever been into in my life. Uh, you know, usually spring practices are, are about hope and positivity and everybody's in a pretty good mood and kind of joking around. There's usually – you know, not a lot of uh, tension in the air between the media and the coaches because it's been three or four months between, before or since anybody's asked questions and that kind of stuff. And it felt as soon as Jimbo got into the room and Bobby Petrino questions started, he was cutting off reporters. He was kind of talking in, in different different ways. You know, he'd kind of he'd, he'd kind of say one thing and then say another thing. It really felt like being in a press conference after a loss. And you know, after it was over, all of us reporters just kind of looked at each other and was like, you know, that was kind of weird. And so uh, I don't really know what's going on, you know, in A&M. I think everything's fine behind the scenes. I think Jimbo just sometimes has that relationship with the media and it doesn't always come out right. Kind of can't tank That is weird. <laughs> hey, Mike, t- talk about uh, Christian Jones a little bit. And I mean, I see it. You have him on that list. And I mean, his his rise to possibly being an NFL player, not just a, a, a you know, a seventh, eighth-year guy here at the University of Texas. But, you know, he has gotten so much better. He's not just – he doesn't just look good coming off the bus. He plays pretty good coming off the bus too right now. Yeah, but I think he's one of those guys that, that really is uh, the model that Sark and uh, they can, Coach Flood can send to, re- to recruits and go, look, we're developing players. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to just get here and stay as good as you were when you got here. You know, we're going to turn you into an NFL-caliber player. And, you know, you look at Christian Jones, and he's played a lot. I, I think it just says a lot about experience. You get on the field, uh, you play that much, you go through practice, you're the number one guy at right tackle for that long, you're, you're going to have to get better. And so the fact that he's kept his spot, you know, through, you know, a coaching change and, uh, you know, high-level recruiting classes, I, I think it speaks to him and just the work he's put in behind the scenes and also this coaching staff's ability to develop players in a way that the University of Texas hasn't seen, especially up front. Sure. Over a decade. Yeah, we've talked about it here and on the Eyes on Texas pod uh, that we record, Mike, that uh, last year you had Bijan, who led the nation in you know, forced missed tackles with his elusiveness and his ability to, to cut. And then Roshan was the one of the, one of the top backs in the nation in, in yards after contact with his physicality. And that helped, you know, a young offensive line come along. Is it fair to, to say with, with bookends like Kelvin Banks and Christian Jones, with the interior guys where they're going to be a lot of great competition for those interior spots. Uh, Jake Majors is back with a lot of experience, likely at center. This can become a strength of the team, not something that the running backs have to, to kind of carry at times. This can become uh, kind of kind of what the offense hangs its hat on is that big group up front. Yeah, I mean, give me a, a great offensive line and an average running back over a great running back and an average offensive line every single time. And, and the five starters that are coming back for Texas average 20 starts each. You know, they all have 10-plus starts. Kelvin Banks is a true freshman start 13 times. Cole Hudson as a true freshman, started 13 times. Hayden Connor uh, came along. You mentioned Jake Majors and Christian Jones. And, you know, that's before we even get to a bench. That includes D.J. Campbell, who, you know, was re- was recruited as the number one interior offensive lineman in his, in his class last year. And so, you know, they have real real starters. But beyond that, they have six, seven, eight guys that I think the, the coaching staff believes in. And that number may grow, you know, through the spring and through the summer. And that's a place that Texas just – it's been hard to find five guys, right? Like now Texas – has to pick through, you know, eight or nine to find the five starters. That, that's a champagne problem, and, and it's one that, you know, on the 40 acres, they've wanted for a long time, 
and one that Sark needs. Like, that's one thing Sam Kahn and I were talking at A&M practice yesterday is just how big the Aggies are. And we were kind of talking about how what Texas looked like when Sark got there compared to what they look like now. And Texas is starting to look like one of those SEC teams with just a bunch of big humans rolling around at a bunch of different positions. And I, I think that goes to the credit of, of what Sark's been able to do on the recruiting uh, recruiting ground. Now, Michael, it'll be all about the day-to-day, what they do when they're on the field, Every you know, making sure that all those practices really matter and they all really count, whether it's the spring tour days, practice during the football during the year. They'll all matter. Every, every second that you can get a chance to, to practice, this team will have to be serious about what they do. Yeah, I think the next step for Texas, because like, I, I believe that the coaching staff has this thing going in the right direction, and that the talent on, on campus is where it's supposed to be and all that kind of stuff. The next, the next step for me, and it's what Texas was really good at when they were you know, in their glory years in, in the 2000s, Matt, they were player-led, right? You'd always hear stories about Colt McCoy going and picking people up to have early morning practices. I know those Vince Young teams were, were super, super tight. Like that's the next thing for Texas is like who are who's going to be those player led leaders that that get everybody together that put in that work when nobody else is looking because that's what's going to separate you know this team from any other team uh, is just like what they do behind the scenes when the coaches aren't around and I, I think that's going to be the next big thing for this program to do again. Well, I, I think that that matters in in all aspects of college football. Now you got NIL. You mean certain guys are getting this, certain guys are getting that. But you're going to have to respect those same players that get this and get that. You're going to have to respect them as what they do on the field, too, as leaders. Are they going to have the time to do all this stuff? And, or are they just going to be about themselves? You're really going to have to be about your team and your teammates in order. If you want to win games, I mean meaningful games against big-time competition, those little things like, well, he's got a really nice deal, whether it's mustard or cars or whatever, you're going to have to understand that that's just a part of the game now. But you're still going to have to be a leader when it comes to on the field and gathering guys together, do you have time to do that stuff? Do you, do you have time for your teammates? You know what I mean? That that whole closeness, like you said, it's that's not as easy as it used to be. Yeah, for sure. And I you know I think Bajan's like a perfect example, right? Like I doubt any of the players in the locker room were jealous of Bajan Robinson or thought he didn't get or thought he got something that he didn't deserve, right? And mm-hmm. that because he was such a good teammate, because he puts in the work, because he's so good on the football field. I think everybody looks around and goes, well, he deserves that. I mean, look how good he is, right? Look how much work he puts in. Look how great of a guy he is. Look how much he gives back to the community. And so, yeah, I mean, I think with, you know, money comes responsibility, right? And, like, yep. the guys on the team who are making the most money, who have the NIL deals that are getting the spotlight, have to be the leaders behind the scenes. I think that would be a healthy culture for any football team. He is Mike Craven, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, also uh, my co-host on the Eyes on Texas podcast. In our, in our second episode we recorded last week that's out now on YouTube and Spotify and iTunes, Mike, you had the bold prediction that uh, I think you said you thought Cedric Baxter Jr., C.J. Baxter, will be the uh, Longhorn lead running back by the Oklahoma game. Uh, you saw the practices last week. He's got the big frame and the sturdy body it's going to take. Uh, talk about that a little bit. Elaborate on uh, how you think that running back position shakes out, not just now, but as the season ev- evolves. Yeah, I thought one of the interesting things with Sark's first spring practice presser a couple weeks ago, I guess it's like three weeks ago because it's spring break now, was you know he kind of talked about how he's always had a 1,000-yard rusher since he's been an offensive coach in college football, and that's been going back for a long time, and that somebody's going to carry that ball and somebody's going to get those yards. And you start looking around at, at the roster right now, and you know Keelan Robinson, Jalen Blue feel like bit players. They feel like kind of third-down specialists that can get on the edge, but they don't have the physique to really run in the inside. Well, Jonathan Brooks is the other guy 
you know, there that we're thinking may be the number one running back, but he's been hurt in the spring. I think it really allows Cedric Baxter to come in and establish himself as the most talented guy with the most upside, get used to the physicality of the college football game, get those bumps and bruises out of the way, and really know what it's going to take over the summer to get ready for, for, a, full, for a full football season. Now, I think we look back at Bajon Robinson, and we all think he got wasted as a true freshman, right? That Tom Herman could have figured out a way for him to play more, and had he played more, you know, maybe had taken that job when he was a true freshman. I think the same thing happens with Cedric Baxter. I think he's allowed you know, more snaps as a true freshman than Bajon was, and as he gets the ball and, and gets going, if he stays healthy, I think it becomes obvious that he's the best running back on campus, and Sark has proven to be a, a coordinator and a head coach that's going to give young guys an opportunity, and I think he'll get you know, as many carries as he can handle and end up you know, with one of the more successful true freshman running back seasons that we've seen in a long time here. C.J. Baxter, and you saw the practices, the, the uh, window of availability. He's a, he's a big guy. He, you know, he doesn't look like a freshman who should be a senior in high school. He is built, and he's a taller running back than, than, than you normally see, but uh, that was something that stood out to you was his body type. Yeah, him and Anthony Hill, like if you took anybody out there and, you know, asked them what grade they were in, like I, I don't think freshmen, especially true freshmen <laughs> that still be, you know, their last semester of high school would not be the answer. Like those those dudes look like grown men. Um, and I, I think they're going to play and they're going to play a lot. Anthony Hill, the linebacker from Denton. C.J. Baxter, the uh, running back, five-star player from the state of Florida who's rolled in here to play for Tachard, Tachard Choice in that running back room. Uh, all right, Mike, appreciate it. I know you're, you're hustling. You were at College Station yesterday. You'll be at Texas today. Sark will, will meet the media to this afternoon, and we will be recording our third episode of the Eyes on Texas pod tonight, so we're excited about that. We'll get it out on all the, the, uh, the channels there, YouTube, uh, Spotify, and iTunes. The multicast will be episode three recorded tonight, and it's all a part of the Republic of Texas podcast network and of course in conjunction here with us here at the horn mike thanks so much man uh, safe travels bud and we'll talk tonight thanks mike all right see y'all guys there you go yeah dave dave campbell's texas football how about that cj basker baxter is the lead back by oklahoma you like that yeah you like that yeah i wouldn't wait that long <laughs> <laughs> well you, you need someone who can take the pounding and that's the one thing that uh you know you texas was blessed with a you know, B. John Robinson is a 220-pound running back. that he Could have he taken plays. more of a pounding. That's the deal. They can take the pounding. Can they take more of the pounding? Well, he's 220 and looks like he, he plays like he's a 190 guy. You know what I mean? Like he's so shifty and he's, oh, he's so elusive. He's back. Kind thinking, of. But then he's 220 and he'll run through you. You know, we we know what Roshan Johnson was. I mean, he was 220 and just, uh, you know, run, come at you a like, a, like a cinder block. Uh, you know, I we'll see Jonathan Brooks. Can he emerge? He's probably the, the front runner from Hallettsville. He had the hernia surgery, and he, he's going to get himself back into some of these spring practices now. He's the front runner. Yeah, there's something about him I really, I, I, I like. I've, gr- I've grown to like the more I saw of him even later in the year when you know when they were beating up on teams and he got a chance to come in and got a bunch of yards in games. He just he has the ability to explode and get away from you, too. I mean, I always thought, well, he's going you know, to make some hard kind of yards, but once he made guys miss, you couldn't catch him. Yeah. I'm like, wow, you, this guy is fast as hell. It's pointed out on the text line by CB that Cedric Benson had a thousand yards as a freshman, but most of those came after the OU game because he didn't get to play in that game yeah, back Brown. Like, no, no, there's no reason. If he's good enough to play, he's old enough to play. That's right. And uh, the Longhorns may need him behind what uh, could be the strength of the team potentially. Oh yeah, that offensive I, I, line. I, I I would love to see this. You know, I I love the the long ball. I I've always liked guys that could take the ball the distance and go. But boy, I love those eight yard runs. The ones that hey, first down. 
I only need two more for another Four first yards down. Four carries, a first down oh, on three just, carries, my friend. That's what the math says. So. That's right. Well, three and a half. Get three just, and a half, Just go good. ahead and just pound you and make you hurt in the fourth quarter. We come back, you'll be, well, we might be hurting. It's the Blitz. Uh-oh. Uh, only as good as you make it. Let's come strong on a foggy Tuesday, 447-3776. Also a little gossip up in there. Right now, it's Craig Way. Where you get that from? Did someone tell you that? Did someone tell you that? Because I ain't for no games, Okay. No games, just gossip, brought to you by the Bud Light Skis, the uh, icy cold frosty Bud Lights as it warms up. Dell Match Play is here. I think it's Michelob Ultra you can get out there with the uh, the Dell Match Play bug. That's also a great brown distributing product when you're out at the uh, Dell Match Play this weekend. Also, uh, you're going to the rodeo, to the baseball game, whatever you're doing, do it with the ice, ice cold frosty Bud Lights. Always a great thing. Always a great thing. Uh, we appreciate them with salacious gossip ahead of your blitz. 447-3776. Let's come strong on that. And that will include this conversation because this text says, Bucky sounds like Scotty Pippen. Remember Scotty Pippen? He played with a guy like Michael Jordan. Yeah. Talk about pounding things till the fourth quarter and leaving them destroyed. Oh, gosh. And he says that to you because I don't know if you've heard this conversation. So I don't know what this show is, but there was a show on television. Featured a guy asking questions. I'm just funny one of those housewives shows. And on it was uh, a lady named Larsa Pippen. Larsa oh, Pippen. She's a, Scotty's ex. She's Scotty's ex-wife. Scotty yeah. Pippen's ex-wife. She is a salacious gossip Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. And here's what she says about her two-decade-plus marriage to Scotty Pippen. That we need to take a look. Is this, is this accurate? Could this be factual? Here's what Larsa Pippen had to say about uh, that, that situation. I was married for 23 years. I've always had sex like four times a night. Four times a night? Four times a night. Yeah, so three times a week is Hold nothing. Hold on. You're telling me you had sex four times a night when you were married? No, I had sex four times a night every night. I never had a day off for 23 years. Wait, what? 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 Yeah, what? Yes. What? Your poor so, vagina. You had sex 28 <laughs> times a week. Yeah, I swear. For with 23 yeah, years? Yeah. So on oh the road, God. too, when he was yes. traveling? I don't know. We never spent time away from each other. Okay. Like, we we had a private wow, plane. I traveled with my hell? kids. Yeah. Marcus Are we buying this? Are we well, buying this? Scott Pippen? No. What is this? Tristan? It's not Tristan. Four times a night. Every night. He's not he doesn't have the magic wand like Tristan. Just come Will on Chamberlain. Now. Come on, Scotty. Hmm. TY, you're the uh the younger part of this program. You buying this? I mean <laughs> I mean maybe. If, it's, if it's there. I've I mean I don't I do not I when I I can't even comprehend that, really. No. I don't either. Four times. A no. night. Not a day, not a day. We talk how, about how late are they up, or is this just like a? Is this like a? It starts right after dinner. Four times, <laughs> yeah. fifteen seconds, Started forty-five pre, seconds pre, apiece. Pre-dinner. Well, she said like we travel with our kids. Well, you got kids. You got. We, what are she you mentioned the plane, no, airplane. I wonder if Scotty had a bad back. Well, I don't know, man. I don't know. I know. I might have to call questionable. Questionable. I think. Mean, does she remember that accurately? Wonderful to hear from Scotty Pippen on this, Aaron the Dirty, Aaron the Laundry. She was hammering down those vodkas. She doesn't remember half of it. 
Um, this is no mention now that she's dating Michael Jordan's son. Well, that's true. That's why she's a hot or not or in, and a salacious gossip Hall of Famer is that Goodness. she's now dating Scottie Pippen's son. Well, they, no, they, Michael Jordan's son. They went, they went on to ask her uh, if, you know, like, oh, well, now, you know, how I forgot his name, but Michael Jordan's son, like this, it, you know, how's he doing with that four, four, four times a night? And they're like, well, he wears a 15, size 15 shoe. So he's taking care of business. Oh, man, that is a show I do not need to see. That is a show I do not need to see. Pull it up on my TV today. (laughs) You're going to be watching. You're all in. Oh, man. It's it's like the Will Chamberlain thing. You start doing the math, and it's like, well, 24 hours in a day, four times, kids. They got games. You got games, but I guess in the offseason, all right, well, to each his own. That's almost 1,500 times a year. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Good. <laughs> he says, Bucky says, good luck. Ah, that is funny. By the way, if, if, if Wilt Chamberlain is accurate, 1,500 times a day, is that what you're saying, Ty? That's for Larsa and Scotty. I know. I'm, yeah. just, I'm, I'm cross-promoting with the, the uh, Wilt Chamberlain thing. What was his, 100,000 or something? He said 20,000. I'm still not buying that. No. I still don't buy that one either. That's the, mathematically not possible. I don't have hours in the day. It's like five a day, right? More than that. 20,000? I mean, how many? You probably have a lot of same time action. It's like seven. I mean, you you don't start till what age? It's a lot of wiener gummies. (laughs) Come on, man. Oh, no. All right. Today is uh, National Flower Day, so have some fun with that. Um, Bucky, buy somebody some flowers. Might be a good thing to do today. Might be a good thing today. Um, But yeah, that is today. Uh, Let's go to your blitz. This should be interesting. The Bucky and E Blitz. The Morning Blitz brought to you by Apple Leasing, where you only have to pay for the new half of the car or truck. The half under factory warranty in any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and see how easy it is. All right, first Blitzer, you're up. Where is this place, Regina, that they speak of? Sounds like a place we need to go there. These nuts. Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Canada. Saskatchewan. Next Blitzer, you're up. Hey, when did Glenn Davis, the Houston Astros player, become a soccer announcer? That's pretty cool. Glenn Davis, nice. <laughs> Next blitzer, you're up. Four times a day, they're doing it with the wrong man. Ding dong, the witch is dead. This is Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan. Next blitzer, you're up. So no sipping, pipping. Didn't have anything left for the for you people because Larson was getting it all. It's bad. Poor it. back. Poor bag. Poor Pippin's back. Next blitzer, you're up. What did he say? We play that on the radio. By the way, it's five degrees in Regina, Canada, right now. Wow. You're up, hey, Bucky. Yeah. Now we know why Will's beard was so thick. It's <laughs> great. Next blitzer, you're up. They don't call my man Rippin' Pippin for nothing. <laughs> Rippin' Pippin. Wonder that dude had all those headaches, back aches. Man. I'm not I'm not buying it. I think she's doing that for Flash. I think she's that doing is it for the show. That's a that's a, that would be on on a uh, on a website that'd be called clickbait. That's clickbait. But if you're Scotty Pippen, why would you refute it? You know, why would you just I don't know, because Michael Michael's son. Oh. You think Michael got him to be like, hey. I don't even want to know about I that I got a deal. lady for you. 
I mean, that... A task for you, son. That she's now dating Michael Jordan's son is like... It's just nasty. It's so out of How bounds. much older is she than him? Quite a bit. Like, she's pushing 50, right? Oh, yeah. Um, that is so far out of bounds. Of all people. Of all the people. Yeah, I don't even buy Besides it. 15 shoes in the world. Kidding me? Larsa. Larsa is 48 years old. Yeah, I mean, I don't buy it. But that's okay. She's only 5'2", it says here. Tiny little thing. We'll be back. Being on the horn. I don't know why I said that, but looking at her Wikipedia page. We'll be back. Being on the horn.